Welcome to the Florida Madcaps, your ultimate guide to experiencing fantastic and unique destinations across our magnificent state. Join us while we lead you on a journey of exploration, recreation, and conservation. The popularity of Florida's natural wonders is on the rise, and our mission is to be your go-to source for conscientious recreation. We encourage you to get out and explore these breathtaking sites and to leave them even better than you found them through individual actions and group advocacy. Join the Florida Madcaps as we discover the beauty of our incredible state together. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Florida Madcaps podcast. It's me, Ryan, a.k.a. the Florida Excursionist. I'm here with the Florida-famous Sunshine State Seekers, Chris and Chelsea, or Chelsea and Chris, or even Chelsifer, if you will. Chelsifer, Krelsifer, either one will do. Uh, but just wanted to say thanks for coming over again. And we're at the Seekers household again for uh, this episode. And it's nice to have you. It's awesome to be a guest in the Seekers household. It's uh, my home away from home. Yes, this may be one of our last batch recording sessions as little Tori, who's also part of the podcast, uh, will be due soon. Is that pretty much correct? How much time we got left? Uh, technically, it's just over four weeks, but we uh, are planning a slightly early arrival. Yeah, if you hear an uh, oof, uh, oof <laughs> uh, from Chelsea. He's, he's trying to get out as we speak. He's, he's <laughs> kicking and uh, kind of kicking her. Yeah, I'll say today, uh, one of the toughest hikers around, I believe, is Chelsea. We didn't do a lot of miles, but we spent a lot of time outdoors in the very hot and humid Florida summer, and Chelsea hung in there like a champ. It's uh, toasty. Yeah. I yeah. like toasty, so it works for me. Excessive heat warnings. Yes. So so the first time in like 20-something years, we're, we're getting like back-to-back excessive heat warnings. It's kind of odd. And so I, stay hydrated, stay cool. I guess maybe because I'm a little bit in, in northern Florida a little bit. We've been getting them all the time, but maybe we're used to slightly cooler weather than here in central Florida. I'm not sure. Let me, before any further delay, we are, today we're talking about some, uh, like a day trip recreation opportunity in central Florida. Are we not? Yeah, some some actually we can say if you're doing these in the summertime, a nice way to stay cool. Though, uh, with the nature, and we'll go into it in more detail, I would say as a road trip, this might be more of a wintertime activity. The recreation opportunities we're going to discuss are good in summertime or winter. Yeah, yeah, either one. They're just, the, the, uh, some locations are very famous for our Florida manatees, which are a little more prevalent in the colder months. Um, but all of them have something to offer for all seasons, uh, swimming, uh, it, for staying cool or, uh, kayaking. If it's already cool out and you don't really want to get in the water. Yeah. Yeah. I would say all three are, are sort of year round. Yeah. Um, the, I mean, we'll get to it later, but the, the, the big paddle is probably something you don't want to do in the hottest months. Yes. Okay. So before further ado, which, which location are we going to talk about first? De Leon Springs. Ah, so one great thing about Florida Springs is if you want to swim during the wintertime, as long as they're not clogged with manatees, then uh, the water stays that constant temperature. It's just the ambient air outside. That is the one that changes. <laughs> but Chris, you were saying something? Well, and it was funny because when we were looking up the um, ideas for this episode, and we kind of like we, we wanted to focus on the St. John's River, and we're like, so where is this actually? And it's like the website for the St. John's River Water Management District is kind of unclear for the area between the middle and the lower St. John's River. So it's like kind of 
in the middle there. So we're, we're talking about these these the middle three, lower St. John's River. These three state parks <laughs> that are in the middle lower St. John's River area. Yes, during our brainstorming session, we were talking about, oh, you know, recreation opportunities along the St. John's. And the St. John's is one of the few rivers in the world, I would say, that that flows north. And then when you're talking about maybe the upper region of a river, usually it's closer to the headwaters. That went into probably a 25-minute discussion on what's upper, what's lower, and everything else around the... Uh, and we're like, all right, let's, let's kind of change tracks here. Otherwise, we're going to be talking logistics the whole episode. So we figured out these three parks, actually, you could easily sort of do in a day trip. And two of them have camping. So if you're lucky enough to get a campsite at, say, Blue Spring State Park, um, it's a lot easier to get a campsite at Hontoon. Yes. But but that's also So those are the three parks we'll touch on, Dillion, Blue, and Hontoon. But as far as camping opportunities, Blue Springs is going to fill up very quick. It's one of the most popular ones in the state and harder to get sites out. But um, Hontoon is usually one of the ones when we're booking that always has an opening uh, relatively. For good reason. Yeah, for good reason. Because you, you have to take a ferry to get there. So basically, you have to load all of your things into these little wheelbarrows mm-hmm. and or you can get cabins too, Yep. but we'll talk about that. Okay. So Dayland Springs known for a few things. It was actually an original, it was an old Florida attraction. It's one of the wish you were here parks from the Florida state parks. And that's, these are attractions that were privately owned due to various reasons. Usually um, the theme parks in Orlando and the interstate system, uh, which drew people away from the, you know, the back roads that caused a lot of these attractions to to start to fail or meet their demise and the state bought them up so this one uh, still has uh, a lot of the signs of the original attraction but notable most notably it has the was it this old sugar mill spanish sugar mill pancake house yeah the flapjack house <laughs> <laughs> so pancakes and springs this is a very interesting combination is very unusual in florida state parks it has changed hands and i haven't been there since it's got under new management but it's really unique as you sit down at a griddle, they will turn it on, and they when you order your pancakes, they bring you uh, pitchers. And this is how it was under the old management. I think it's very similar to the new one. And uh, you put a little cooking spray on the griddle right in front of you on your table, and you make your own flapjacks, which I like because a lot of times I eat them faster than the server can bring them out. And I'd say it's pretty popular for any kind of age group, but definitely popular with the kiddos. Now, I've heard there's some massive wait lines for that. I've always gotten there early, early on a weekday, and I've gotten in pretty good. Yeah. When you do have the kiddos, sometimes it takes a little bit to get them motivated. I can't remember what time we actually got there, but it was it was fairly early, uh, it, but it might have been like after nine before 11. So I can't quite recall. We had to wait for about an hour. Uh, and the spring is right there. So yeah, we if all, it's not too cold. Yeah. You can go swimming. We all swam around for a bit waiting for our, our, uh, names to be called, uh, which is kind of nice. You know, uh, you're not just waiting in line or sitting in a, a booth waiting for someone to tell you it's your turn to come sit, take a seat. There's plenty to do while you're, uh, waiting. Yeah, you can do some cannonballs in the spring. You can look at some of the history there. There's a lot of Florida history. They have trails. They do. They have the, uh, the what's the Cypress Street called? Old Methuselah? Yeah, that's it. The big dog. <laughs> and, and evidently some um, pitcher plant bogs, although I haven't been able to find them. 
they they exist in uh, pine flatwoods. So yeah, that's uh, it's pretty interesting. Uh, the only thing I think back to the pancake house, I don't ever remember that place having air conditioning. I think it did a little bit. I don't remember being miserable, but I think we went when we went. I don't think it was very warm out. I think we might have gone in the cooler months, and my kids just were like swimming anyways, even though it was pretty cool out. As you had said, the water temperature stays the same year round. Uh, but yeah, I can't. I can't answer that for certain. I'd have to check. But I would think being in Florida and the nature of cooking inside that it would have air conditioning. Otherwise, I mean. I like the heat doesn't bother me too much, but I, a lot of people I can't imagine in the summertime wanting to uh, cook pancakes in a stuffy room with a whole bunch of people and hot surfaces. <laughs> I could be very wrong on that. And I, I don't be, I just remember it was a little bit warm and <laughs> it was in the morning and I'm like, man, I don't even notice any air conditioning in here. So speaking some of the weird history here, it's, um, in the 1880s when the railroad arrived, um, it was actually advertised as like a fountain of youth. And the name comes from Ponce de Leon, not surprisingly, and his search for the, the fountain of youth or whatever. Mm-hmm. And um, they had a, a hotel that was built in 1925. And that's sort of like a museum now. You yeah, can, it's mm-hmm. they have a, I think they have dioramas there, which you will see at, um, a lot of the older Florida state parks. Um, but they also have all kinds of um, advertising. From days of the past. What did we see in that diorama when we went the first time? We were like, what? Was that the elephant? Yeah. The, the water skiing elephant? Who, I mean, obviously. So there's pictures of <laughs> one of their attractions at one point in time, because this was like a, a roadside attraction, was was this <laughs> water skiing elephant. I don't think PETA would like that too much. Yeah. I don't know. I don't think anybody would think that's a good idea nowadays. <laughs> to me, it's almost kind of strange because... Uh, the springs, in my opinion, that's an attraction all on its own. Um, I mean, I don't need a water skiing elephant. I don't need uh, mermaids uh, to get me to go to the springs. Um, I mean, it's, it's way past that point, but it didn't need a concrete wall around it. Yeah. Rainbow Springs. There's nothing rainbowy about it. That was just a name that they, they gave. Developers to- came up with that name. I think it was that was one of the many Blue Springs mm-hmm. prior to yeah. the, the renaming of Rainbow. That was yeah just a uh, marketing ploy to get people to come. Yeah. And Silver Springs was the big dog amongst them, you know. But yeah, you got Wiki Wachi. Yeah. Uh, you have uh, Homosassa. There's, there's a lot of springs. Now, this one is not to be confused with Ponce de Leon Springs. Those are hours and hours apart. If you're thinking Ponce de Leon Springs, that's in the Panhandle. De Leon Springs is in Central Florida. Yep. So we like to confuse everybody uh, in, here in Florida, a few different De Leon Springs and how many different Blue Springs, you know. But when you hear someone say uh, Blue Springs, they're talking about the one we're going to be talking about next. Uh, is that typically. Gilchrist, Madison? Yeah, not Gilchrist, not Madison, just Blue. Volusia blue. <laughs> For some odd reason, they they name a lot of the springs blue, which is it's uh, in my opinion, it's green. Well, it's not very blue. That's a funny. <laughs> th- that's the most ironic thing about Blue Springs itself is that it is green, and and some of these other ones are much more blue. I tell you, what, if you look at all the names of Florida Springs. They do not get high marks for originality. That's for sure. 
This is water springs, uh, <laughs> <laughs> wet springs. Comes out of the ground springs. springs. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but if any any springs could be called manatee springs, I think it would be blue springs. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's probably I've what actually they're most never famous seen for. a manatee at Manatee Springs, so but I've also never gone there in the winter time. Uh, and we can talk about that. So um, we were talking a little bit about how you would hit these parks up in a day trip, and I feel you could kind of flip the Pancake House, the Leon Springs and Blue Springs around, depending on what your goals were. Uh, you, so Blue Springs does fill up very quickly. Um, and also De Leon Springs reservations fill up very quickly for the pancakes. So you have to decide uh, which one you want more and how long you want to wait. So if you wanted to see the manatees at Blue Springs, again, it's very, very, very popular. It gets a long line. If that's the one thing you want to do, you might want to go to this one first. All of these parks are within 30 minutes of each other. So you can just play that by ear. Yes. The manatee viewing is only when it's like very cold. The blue spring is not that far from the St. John. So it's easy for the manatees to come right up and, and bask in the warm springs. Manatees cannot survive in water that's colder than 68 degrees. In, in that case, what they're going to do is they're going to go to the springs and stay there. Even if there's a lack of food, they will stay in the springs and even starve to death. But yeah. they need that that warm water. And that's like, again, as we've stated, it's a constant temperature. For us uh, humanoids, in the summertime when we jump in, it feels really cold. But uh, in the wintertime, uh, I mean, we jumped in the springs in the wintertime a few times. Not necessarily blue because they, um, they do close off all the swimming yes. in the wintertime there because of the manatee populations. But in comparison to the air temperature, it feels nice. It's like a nice uh, tepid bath. Blue Springs, for whatever reason, feels very cold every yeah. time I go in there. And we were talking about the man the manatees are only there in the wintertime, but coexisting with the manatees in the wintertime and other times of the year, you have really large gators and a lot of gar. So there's there's wildlife in the water regardless of what time you go there. Oh, yes. Did see some beautiful gar in there. Huge. Now, the gators typically, when I see them there, are at the confluence uh, in between the St. John's River and where it enters the spring or where it comes out of the spring into the river. Actually, they're typically up in that area, which people aren't swimming at. Uh, that's uh, You can rent kayaks there, so that's a good place. Uh, that's usually where, you're, where you will see the gators. But for those visiting from out of town, these are wild areas. There's not a net where the gators can't cross. They can swim all the way up. Uh, nothing's going to keep them from doing that. Uh, but if it's busy, gators are not social animals, uh, so they will typically stay away. So at Blue Springs, I saw my first uh, mermaid. You know, it was really elaborate dress and was swimming around uh, the run coming from the springs. I was amazed. I did not know that mermaids were hanging out at Florida Springs like that. But since then, I've met a few more. They've got some really cool history. At Blue Springs, you've got the um, Lewis P. Thursby House, which is up on this grassy it's, it's, hillside. It's beautiful, quintessential, like two-story Florida cracker home. Um, uh, very like not not a cracker cabin. This is a cracker mansion. It's big. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's big, and it's really cool because you can do tours. Uh, I think you only can go inside a little floor. bit. Yeah. Um, but you do tours of the like kitchen and they have a lot of uh, the old equipment, uh, a lot of the old cookware there that you can see. I think there's a porta potty in the back. 
Um, I oh, believe yeah. so. Uh, non-functioning. Yeah, right. sorry, not, not porta potty. An outhouse. Non-functioning. So you don't want to. I mean, if there's an emergency, do what you need to do. But probably not there. <laughs> they but have actual restrooms you can go to. <laughs> it's right next to the spring, and and I guess it was built in like 1872. And could you imagine living on like a, a grassy it's knoll, beautiful, overlooking Blue Spring right there, and having access to this this gorgeous spring just uh right at the bottom of the hill and and so it's it's a really short distance from these they they have a really nice boardwalk system mm-hmm. that runs right alongside it so that's the best way really to to view the manatees and regardless of what time of year you go there you can you can take the boardwalk all the way up and around the spring head and back it's also a famous um Florida, uh, Central Florida field trip location. So if you live in Central Florida, uh, either you yourself as a child or your children are going to go there for a field trip, which I've done with both my kiddos. They have scrub jays there too. Mm-hmm. I found really? out recently. They yeah. got that really? they have a scrub. Blue State Park? Yeah, we haven't uh, ventured into their, their trail system much. And they have they have camping there. Yes. Now, their camping is not my favorite. Uh, I never camped there. You you did Yes, once. I've camped there. And I had the not, uh, the not best camping experience but it was more the people i was with and less the park itself uh just not really the outdoorsy types and me having to carry a lot of the (laughs) workload which which is fine and i was glad to get people out so um but again they weren't my favorite campsites but they do have camping there uh if you're lucky enough to book a site i've never seen that one open blue springs as as we've alluded to uh, has a very high demand on it so in the summertime, folks are going there to to swim in the springs. And if you follow any of the springs groups on social media, there's no shortage of photos posted of the long line of cars early in the morning waiting to get there. But also the in the wintertime, after they close the spring down for manatee viewing, they actually get more people stopping by to see manatees than there are to swim in the summertime. Maybe because swimmers stay there that much longer. I'm not sure. Another thing to point out is because we've stated that the manatees are there only in the winter. They are actually there year round. Um, I've been there in the summertime and have seen two or three manatees. Typically, it'll be a mother and her pup. Uh, But it... In comparison, in the in the summertime, you might, like I said, see two or three. In the wintertime, you can see up to 200 yes. in one visit. So that just shows you how many uh, and how concentrated it gets in the wintertime. That's, yes. when, they, that's when they stock the, um, the gift shop. <laughs> oh, yes. I remember the story. <laughs> Chris likes to tell people they sell manatee milk at the gift shop. Actually, he likes to tell it to me when I'm there loud enough for other people to hear. <laughs> Uh, and and uh, I, it's funny because he told me this story and I'm like, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, I knew he was full of baloney. Uh, then later on in the day, I heard more than one person uh, retelling that same factoid to someone else in their group. And I, I, <laughs> I hope they realize that they don't actually milk the manatees and sell it at the gift shop. Uh, yes. <laughs> the superintendent of Florida State Parks is going to ban the madcaps <laughs> after this. <laughs> So if you want to see Blue Springs, it is a very popular spot. So plan your trip accordingly, depending on the time of year. There's times and transitions. I would get there early and call the rangers to see what the conditions are. Uh, So if you do take your valuable time and go visit, you can actually get in and enjoy your stay. And I think a great segue here is if you go down to the end of French Avenue, 
right next to Blue Springs, that's the best place to launch a kayak. And you can take an exceptionally awesome kayak trip up the St. John's and then back around the the Hontoon Dead River to the Snake Creek and make this this 10 to 12 mile round trip that, that's pretty well known. And you can take your own craft. I'm pretty sure there's there's um, services like um, Outfitters that offer it as well. But you you it's you start at the one point, go all the way up and around, make a whole day of it, and you end up where you started. So you don't have to like ferry or anything. Yeah, like so that. you can access the island from Blue Springs that way. Uh, you could paddle to Hontoon Island itself and access the spring. They have places for you to tie up your kayaks while you're. You could there. make a day of it and stop at Hontoon yeah. along the way if you did this as well, because you go around Hontoon Island basically. Right, right. Um, but you can also, again, these parks are all within like thirty minutes of each other. Leave Blue Springs and drive uh, to Hontoon Island. But as Chris had said, you are not driving to the park itself. You're driving to a parking lot that will take you to a ferry boat that will take you to Hontoon Island. Now, one key note is Hontoon Island is one of the only parks that are absolutely free, uh, but they do encourage tipping on the ferry boat. Yes. I did a little bit of hiking there. It's very notable for, well, it's it's an island. It, it you know, Like you said, you have to take the ferry to, but a lot of Native American history there. And yeah, there's a midden. It's not a very yeah. big one, but there is there is a midden there. Yeah, I saw that. They have an impressive trail system. Yes. Absolutely beautiful. Especially during golden hour. (laughs) I did enjoy that. Um, In 1955, they hauled a rather large 10-foot owl totem uh, from there. It's on display in a museum. In Gainesville, the the Museum of Natural History in Florida, I think. Is that where it is now? Yeah. Yeah, we actually, we read that it was there and then forgot about it and then went to the museum. We're like, oh, there it is. Oh, wow. (laughs) Right there. (laughs) They have a replica at the state park. Yeah, they have a replica at the state park and they also have another one indoors of the otter, right? Wasn't there more than one down there? There's two, I believe. Yeah. And and they're the only known totems that were were, uh, indigenous uh, peoples in Florida. Native Americans that stayed there. They did have some interactions with the Spanish, but not much, and there wasn't a lot of recorded history about them. But they weren't the ones that stayed on the island. They believed that they were the ones that initially. Uh, made I think the they thought it was the Temecon. Yes, but, but now, yeah, a little more research turned up that there was a, a smaller uh, tribe that was right there. Subtribe in Florida, if I'm not mistaken, uh, in pre-Columbian times, there were three major tribes. And then uh, some some smaller ones. So there's a lot of Native American history, some great kayaking, and some awesome trails right around Hontoon Island. I really enjoyed it. I went there a few years ago. Uh, if you got a passport, you want to get it stamped, you got to get on the ferry. That is where we got our very last Speaking passport of, stamp. Really? That is that is the and the the ironically, last. it was one of the only parks that both of us had visited separately before we met each other. Um, we have we hadn't visited together, but we yet. had never gone together. Um, and I just want to promote this uh, particular state park, um, especially for maybe single parents or parents who uh, want to take their little kids and they don't necessarily have all the supplies for camping because they do have cabins there. Uh, they are more rustic, not AC, but there's bunk beds inside the cabin. There's a screened in area. And I took both, great for the winter yeah, time. I've take, I took my kids on my own there a couple times. Um, 
I think my youngest, who we call Flutterby, was three months old when I took her. And I just set up a pack and play and had her playing in there while her uh, older sister was running around with a friend of mine and her kids. And we had a great time. Done, done a lot of hiking there, too. It's very reasonably priced. And they also have um, a whole bunch of Yes, yeah, so camping, camping is not free, just to point that out. The tent camping sites, yeah. So you have to pay, but but compared to some of the other state parks, you pay quite a bit less. And part of that really is because it's it's overall a lot more primitive than you definitely can't drive a car to it because yeah, you, you, you have, have to, to take the ferry to get across to it. And, and you then have to so you're all your stuff. You're committing coming across there, um, bringing all your stuff with you, and you have to put all of your stuff in. Wheelbarrows, um, but when you get to the other side, there's a ranger station, and they have a big white uh, van, and you load all your stuff in the van, and they uh, drive you to your campsite. Interesting. I've not camped there, or have no knowledge of it. But it's a different experience. Yeah, we've sure. done cabin camping, tent camping, um, and uh, hammock camping there as well. So you are committed. So at night, you pretty much can't get off the island unless you have your own watercraft, right? I think uh, given an emergency, they would come come get you at yeah, the dock there. It's and not, it's not I, that there far. There are canoes right there. And not to say, if if you couldn't get a hold of somebody and something was bad enough, it's just across the river. If you needed to grab a canoe to get to take care of something life-threatening, you could do it. Uh, but uh, I never tried to find a ranger there when I was at night. I know there are rangers there. I just was never in a in a in a situation where I needed one, so uh, I can't speak to how easy that would be. So if you're out of coffee at the campsite, <laughs> you can grab a canoe and. No, don't do that. Well, the water in the St. Johns is is about that color. So if you wanted to heat some of that up and drink it, is it caffeinated? No, oh, <laughs> it's it's tannic, tannic. So it could be you know have some little bit of tea quality to it. It's on the St. Johns. It might have some like fertilizer that might hype you up a bit. One one <laughs> other interesting thing here we're <laughs> we're not boaters, but there are a few state parks that accommodate uh, people in boats oh, yes. staying the night and we've never seen anybody staying but they, they have these little docks and I know Caladesi and I know there's probably several others uh, I think maybe Tomoka even that have um, yeah, a could... set up little slips that, that people can you can res- reserve campsites on that are boat. actually you, you pull like your you boat have a house boat or you're comfortable sleeping on your personal watercraft or something. Uh, when like I was younger, electricity hookups and everything. my family rented a houseboat through, I think it's through like REI timeshares. We did a swap from our timeshare to uh, get a houseboat. We didn't stay there, but we stayed at a few other places. It was, it was along the St. John's river and it was, it was quite fun, but yeah, you can uh, park your boat and there's electric to hook it up and you can camp there. Wow. So, if you want some adventure, plenty of adventure, no matter what time of year, and you're in Central Florida, these three parks are within 30 minutes of each other. Is mm-hmm. that pretty much correct? Yeah. And if you want to do the big kayak loop, you could aggressively hit them all in one day. And one last point I want to, um, and this is something I don't know about Dalian Springs, but I know that Blue Springs and Hontoon both have, uh, especially if you want to paddle at night in... Uh, you will be treated to fireflies most likely. And I know Blue Springs even has like a whole firefly festival, I believe. Yeah. Or um, as well. Uh, but we did a nice night paddle and we saw tons of fireflies. I think around April is probably yeah. the best time of year when the fireflies start first mm-hmm. coming out. But um, Florida doesn't have fireflies. 
Mm, yeah, I understand. It's uh, they're few and far between. Occasionally, I'll see them out in my neck of the woods. Well, if, if any of you have questions about some of these recreation opportunities, because I know we spoke to them, a lot of them are very seasonable and they require careful planning. Please give us a shout out via email and uh, we can let you know what we've learned on our visits here. Uh, I've enjoyed all three parks and I've been to uh, most of them uh, multiple times. Um, I guess that's about it for time. So thank you for joining us. And as always, enjoy Florida responsibly. Thank you for listening to the Florida Madcaps. We hope today's episode was enjoyable. Your input is important to us. If there is a topic that you would like to know more about, please let us know. The Florida Madcaps is presented in partnership with the Florida Springs Council, the only nonprofit advocacy organization focused solely on protecting our Florida Springs. Get a free spring sticker and join the Florida Springs Council at floridaspringscouncil.org madcaps. As a token of our appreciation, we are giving away a free Madcap sticker to anyone who leaves us a review. All you have to do is send us your contact information to the email provided in our show notes. We will take care of the rest. Thank you for being a part of the Florida Madcaps community.